afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call in the ancestors. I call in your ancestors, the ancestors of all of you who download this show at any time, and I call out to my own ancestors to be with us here today to gather around and to help us have a meaningful um, discussion about shadow work, this very, very important aspect of human development, for without shadow work, the sins of the father and the mother are always visited upon the children. And so I call out to these ancestors whose dreaming brought us all here, who dreamt the lives even of our children, to support us in coming to understand the true nature of shadow work and how to do it with ease and joy and shared communal support. I call out to the energy of the earth, the great oldest ancestor of them all. I call out to her and thank her for the wisdom of her dreaming that brought life as we know it to this planet. We give thanks to the energy of the earth and all the great spirits of the land for giving us home, for giving us a place to be connected and to belong. We give thanks to the spirit of the earth for beauty, for springtime, for changes, and for that possibility to recreate ourselves with the great wisdom that comes from the earth of manifestation. We give thanks to the earth for being with us here today. We stand firmly planted on the ground and reach our energy up to the energies of the sky all the way up to the highest power of the universe and call down that energy by whatever name you call it. We call in this energy to our circle of humanity here today. We call in blessing and generosity. We call in protection. We call in the energy that will allow us to gather here together to hear what needs to be heard, to let what needs to be spoken be spoken, and to move forward together as a great big human family. And as the energy of the earth and the sky dance in our circle here today, bound by the ancestral energies and our own curiosity, we call in the energy of the heart. We call in that special energy that allows the great passions of the belly to be merged with the clarity and precision of the mind so that each one of us can discover in this lifetime why we are here and what we are here to do and to go out and do it. And may our proceedings here today support each one of us in doing that ever better. So welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. Our conversation here today is about your shadow self and the divine. This is my favorite of all personal processes. I love shadow work. And yes, I even love my own shadow work. Why? Because shadow work of all the processes that I guide people through and all the different healing transformations that we do as students and as clients, the thing that is most creative, most unexpected and delightful, most life-renewing is shadow work. So the thing about shadow work that I really enjoy is that when you work with someone who truly understands the shadow, and I don't actually believe everyone who does shadow work really truly understands the shadow, and I do track other people's shadow work, kind of pay attention mostly because I find it really fascinating. But my point is, if you're with people that truly understand the shadow, Shadow work is fun, it is surprisingly easy, and it is often joyful. 
So if you are doing shadow work and it is not fun, surprisingly easy, and often joyful, you need to pay attention today. And if you know people who are doing shadow work that is making them cranky and unpleasant to live with, you might want to forward the link to this show to them because this is about how we can reclaim the true allies that we were born with in our own being and go forward in life joyfully. So what is the shadow? So we are speaking of the shadow basically in Jungian terms, that the shadow is an archetypal energy that is discussed at great length by Carl Jung in his masterful work. Um, In Jungian psychology, the shadow or the shadow aspect is a part of the unconscious mind consisting of repressed weaknesses, shortcomings, and instincts. Jung wrote, everyone carries a shadow, and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. At all counts, it forms an unconscious snag, thwarting our most well-meant intentions. And part of what I like about this quote from Jung's work is it points out in the whole thwarting our most well-meant intentions, is it points out that funny thing about the shadow, just how the energies of the shadow function in our life as an enemy. In other words, these energies get in the way of, one way or another, those things that we are intending to do consciously or um, whether it's of the heart or the mind or whatever it is that is motivating us to go forward, somehow something rises up, this unconscious snag, as Jung says, and defies us one way or another or messes things up. And in this way, these energies are functioning as an enemy. We'll kind of come back to that later in the show. So, uh, Rebecca Egan says, in other words, the shadow is everything in us that is unconscious, repressed, undeveloped, and denied. These are dark, rejected aspects of our being as well as light. So there is positive, undeveloped potential in the shadow that we don't know about because anything that is unconscious, we don't know about. And what I like about this quote is that it's pointing out that what is in the shadow is not necessarily good or bad, dark or light. Anything can end up in the shadow. So um, John Elder says, the shadow describes the part of our psyche that an individual would rather not acknowledge. And I agree with this entirely. Uh, It contains the denied parts of the self. Since the self contains these aspects, they surface in one way or another. Bringing shadow material into consciousness drains its dark power and can even recover valuable resources from it. The greatest power, however, however, comes from having accepted your shadow parts and integrated them as components of yourself. And this is what I want to talk about today, how to do that. So basically, yes to um, all of these statements about the shadow, but how do these aspects of yourself get into the shadow in the first place? As an archetypal energy, the shadow exists in the universe, right? It's just a pattern in the universe. It would be here whether there's people here or not. That's what an archetypal energy is. It's an energetic pattern. So things in the light cast shadows in our world, in our physical world. We can argue about whether the physical world is really physical, but that's not the point today. Okay, so things in the light cast shadows in our world. The shadow, you know, a shadow of a house or a shadow of a tree, a shadow of a cat, that shadow isn't good or bad. It is simply a place where things are protected from the light. 
think of how you search for shadow or shade on a hot, hot, desperately hot day. The shadow is simply a place where things are protected from the light. So the parts of ourself we send into the shadow are parts we want to be protected from the light or from being seen. These are parts of ourself that have been judged harshly by others, usually incorrectly, so that we have learned through our experience that these parts of ourselves are bad one way or another. doesn't mean they are bad, but we've learned that they're bad one way or another, so we hide them from the light. And the most important thing to understand about the shadow is that nothing gets into the shadow until someone has judged it. And judgment is not necessarily valid or accurate. It's simply an experience that we have. So two things are important here. As I've said, these parts of yourself are not good or bad. In other words, it's not that bad things get in the shadow. It's just stuff that gets judged harshly ends up in the shadow. So in other words, I could be singing my little childhood heart out, and my singing could be judged harshly by others that I cared about, and that singing voice self could end up in the shadow if I was humiliated enough, if the judgment was harsh enough or violent enough or frightening enough, that part of myself could be gone and I would lose the capacity to sing because my singing self would be shoved in the shadow because it had been judged harshly. For many of us, as we are exploring our sexuality as young beings and have no idea what these body parts are for, but wow, that thing I just did sure feels good, and we're just trying to figure out how to drive this body, right? We're, we're young, we don't know, we, we're just experimenting, and it's all innocent, and often we get caught by a grown-up in those moments, and you know, panic ensues, judgments fly, and the next thing we know, our true sexuality in its, in its innocent, growing, developing form is shoved into the shadow. And so, in other words, these energies are not necessarily bad or good. They're just judged harshly. Now, the other thing that's important is this. Once shoved into the shadow, all of these parts begin to ferment and brood and twist in on themselves over time. Now, think of this, though. What would you do If you were unfairly judged and thus shoved into a dark closet and forced to live in the darkness at all times without love, smashed together with a bunch of other people like Carl for years or decades, judged, no love, no light, no ability to move or breathe, things poking you in the ribs, of course you're getting cranky. Of course you're brooding, fermenting, and twisting in on yourself. Of course, these energies change. And what is important about this to understand is that this is how the energies in the shadow begin to function as enemies in our life. Nothing enters the shadow as an enemy. It becomes one because it's been judged, because it is unloved, because it is not seen clearly or accurately. And because of this, these energies begin to function in our lives then as enemies. And so this is what we're going to look at, given that this is how energies get into the shadow and what happens to them once there. We're going to talk about what do you do about that? What do you do once you've lost the best parts of yourself into your shadow? 
thank you all for joining me here today, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Why Shamanism Now, and today we are talking about the shadow. So here is this secret, essentially, that I um, have found working with the shadow through shamanic means versus psychological means. Um, And basically what I've always wondered is why is it that everyone is so afraid to do shadow work? Now, part of the reason, of course, is that we all learn to survive by shoving all that stuff into the shadow that was judged by everybody else so that we could fit in and get the love and the food and blah, blah, blah. Okay, have we not all read enough self-help books, seen enough TV shows about family of origin issues? Are we not all finally in a place where we understand we need to move beyond that? Here's another quote about shadow work. So beneath the social mask we wear every day, we have hidden the shadow side, an impulsive, wounded, sad, or isolated part that we generally try to ignore. The shadow can be a source of emotional riches and vitality. Acknowledging it can be a pathway to healing and an authentic life. We meet our dark side, accept it for what it is, and we learn to use its powerful energies in productive ways. It sounds pretty good. This is pretty much how shadow work works, pretty much how it's approached, and this works generally. It works sort of. But actually, if you look at the information out there, it kind of gets worse. It's another quote. The shadow is both the awful thing that needs redemption and the suffering redeemer who can provide it. Ah, the suffering over our suffering. And there's another quote. The shadow wants to be heard. Simply that. If it isn't, it turns nasty. It becomes a veritable demon, witch, or son of a bitch, demanding its pound of flesh in very painful real time, not dream time. You know, with all of this drama... It is no wonder people are afraid to do shadow work. And for goodness sakes, I would be too if I didn't have spirit help and a practice of energy awareness that is constantly reminding me, A, to step out of the drama, to start stop suffering over my suffering, to connect to that innate core within myself that understands I am connected to all things. That means... We are part of that oneness, we are part of that divine, and we are innately good. And so what working with spirit and having a practice of energy awareness has helped me to see is two things about the shadow, which make shadow work so much more effective. This is the big secret to the way I work with with the shadow in my shamanic work. The shadow isn't one self. There is no shadow self. The shadow is like a closet that you put many aspects of yourself into. It's a big Fibber McGee closet that you throw all parts of yourself into that you've learned to be afraid to let people see. You've thrown them into the closet, you've slammed the door, and you've posted a keep-out sign on it. Or worse, crime scene tape. So this becomes a place that you've dumped all these aspects of yourself. Everybody else taught you to judge harshly and think we're bad. And they're just all slammed into this closet. And the reason most shadow work is not as effective as it should be for the amount of time and energy and money you're putting into it is because it treats the shadow as one thing, as a self. And it is much more effective to get into the shadow work as a closet full of stuff. 
So the main reason shadow work is hard or scary or takes a really long time is precisely because the shadow is being treated as an impulsive, wounded, sad, isolated part, or worse, as the sufferer or the demon. The shadow is a realm. It's not a, it's not a self. It's a realm that we can enter through journeying with shamanic guidance. So the shadow is a realm also. This is the next thing that makes shadow work easy and fun to do versus painstaking, frightening, and long and expensive to do. That the shadow realm is a realm that runs on crazy logic. In other words, you will be required to bring your body and its wisdom there, to bring your emotions and its wisdom there, to bring your mind and its um, logic there, to bring spirit and its logic there, to bring your logical self there, but your logical self won't understand any of it. That the shadow realm, because of all that fermentation and twisting and craziness that happens by everything being shoved into this darkness and not receiving any love or light for decades, creates a realm of crazy logic. And that you can spend years trying to get things out of that closet through logic. Years and gobs of money. But shadow work does not follow logic. And it does not follow psychological logic in spite of the fact that it was the father of, you know, transpersonal psychology that taught us about the shadow in the first place. It doesn't follow logic easily. It is not the quickest and most effective way to deal with the shadow that the shadow realm moves through this crazy logic and the most effective way to follow our own internal crazy logic because it drives us crazy is with helping spirits who can help us to find our way through that. The other thing about this shadow realm is that we, we need to surrender to our spirit help and allow that help to guide us along these paths of crazy logic Because everything that we have grown reactive about, I wouldn't necessarily say intuitive or instinctive about, but we've grown reactive about, is to not go into the shadow, to not connect with these things. We have these whole stories about why everything in the shadow is bad. And so it kind of goes against our learned instincts to move in this realm. And so we really need to accept the the psychology of it, which is the understanding that we've shoved these things into this closet and we've become unconscious about it. And then we need to surrender to spirit and allow spirit to guide us along these crazy winding paths of our own crazy logic and allow us to locate different aspects of ourselves that are lost or locked or wounded or whatever in this shadow realm, to effectively reconnect with these parts of ourselves, which frankly are functioning as our enemy right now. So that reconnection is not a given. They're not necessarily going to see you as the rescuer. They may see you as the problem. You are the one that put them in the closet in the first place, remember. So you're not necessarily the, the person that any of these parts of yourself want to see. So there is the need to you to surrender to spirit's help to locate these parts of ourselves in the shadow realm. There is the need to work with spirit and more crazy logic to figure out how do we reconnect with parts of ourselves who function as enemies in our life and frankly don't trust us. And they shouldn't. We shoved them in the closet for goodness sakes, potentially for decades. 
And furthermore, we need to surrender to our spirit help to be able to recover parts of ourselves that are truly lost in the shadow, not just waiting there to finish the argument, but are truly, truly lost. And so it's important then that we recognize that the path of navigation, A, that the shadow self is not a self but a realm, or I call it the closet, and that the navigation through this realm defies logic. And if you force a logical process in your shadow work, you will be at it forever or you will do it in a shallow way, in a way that basically satisfies your ego and gets you back out of the closet, right? And the other issue is recognizing there's a big heart piece in shadow work because you have learned to judge yourself from others. And by shoving this part of yourself into the shadow, you have also refused this aspect of your self-love for, for from whatever the time is you shoved it in there until now. And energies that are not loved distort, and they grow up in a very strange way. And so this is something that you need to pay attention to, is that this part is functioning as an enemy because you stopped loving it. Not your parents, not your teachers, not all the authority figures in your life, but you. And so it is through the power of your love and the help of spirit, that you will recover and reconnect with this energy. So, how, how do I work with shadow energies? What, what is it about it that I truly enjoy? So, what do we know? We know that everything in the shadow is you. You're not going to go into the shadow and find some boogie monster, right? Everything in the shadow is you. That Everything that is you began here as a pure and innocent infant, and you are innately good. And so everything that got shoved in the shadow began from there. Therefore, everything in the shadow closet is innately good. It may be really good at screwing up your life. It may be really, really vindictive as an enemy for you right now, but that is not its nature. That is not its innate, true nature. That all of the energies in the shadow closet came here with you on purpose. They all were meant to function with you as an aspect of yourself that would be part of the collective of you that would discover and manifest your soul's purpose. Some of the greatest gifts you bring in this life could be in the shadow. For most Americans, your passion is in the shadow. For most Americans, that which is most creative, um, outrageous, new and innovative ended up in the shadow because it got judged when you were a kid. And you need to remember, we all need to remember that our soul's purpose is unique. It has never been known before. So we must innovate. We must create to live our soul's purpose. And if those aspects of yourself got judged and are shoved in the shadow, you're screwed, right? So we need everything that we have shoved in the shadow out here functioning 
as an ally. And as long as these energies are in the shadow closet, not only are their positive qualities unavailable to us, but they're functioning to disarm us. They are functioning as enemies. So it's important to remember that everything in the shadow closet is innately good and that there is no part of you that deserves the intensity or severity of the judgment that, set, that sent that part of yourself into the shadow closet. And then we remember, of course, that once there, it is only natural that these parts of yourself get a little twisted out of shape and angry or frightened. So we'll continue our discussion about how to effectively work with the shadow energies when we come back from this break. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we're talking about working with the shadow energies. Okay, so where'd we get to? So where we are is we've all realized that here we are somewhere in our life listening to this show, and we have a closet full of all the probably the most important or at least the most interesting parts of ourselves. And those things are there in the darkness, unloved, and judged harshly. So they're a little twisted, out of shape, a little angry or frightened, and they are fully ensconced in a realm of crazy logic, which you will get lost in the moment you enter the closet. So what is a boy or girl to do? You need to call a shaman, or and shamanism, basically. It, for the time and the energy and the resources, it is the quickest and most effective way to do deep transformational shadow work and truly get yourself out of the closet. Some processes allow you to kind of find the door, open it, look who's in there, and then close it again at the end of the workshop. So you're not so unconscious about what's in the shadow. But what we do in Dance of the Shadow Self is we go into the shadow realm Recover the parts of yourself that are stuck there, following the paths of the crazy logic. Bring that energy out and engage in a transformational process with shamanic tools to make that, to transform that energy from the enemy that it has become back into the ally it was always meant to be. So I'm going to talk about that step by step next. But I want to say that this workshop, Dance of the Shadow Self, which is my favorite workshop of all the things that I teach, happens next in 2011. So it's not even happening this year. It's happening the next year. But there is an ironclad prerequisite for this workshop. And that prerequisite is happening this year at the end of May. So if you want to do this shadow work and have fun doing it and do 10 years of shadow work therapy in a week, you need to do the prerequisite this year. And that is happening at the end of May. Um, and space is running out. So you, if you want to find out more about registering for this workshop, you just email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org. Easy. So I would tell you to go look at the website, but the new site isn't up yet, and so the information isn't there. But you certainly can email me, and I will direct you to it. All right, so back to the process at hand. So this is a process that was given to me by my initiating helping spirit. So the, the helping spirit that brought me into shamanism and initiated me is the helping spirit that gave me this process. So the important thing to understand about your shadow closet, your shadow realm, and the crazy logic of that world is that it is very, very easy 
to get lost and re-traumatize yourself in your own shadow realm. It is not, I mean, I would not encourage anyone to just go journey into the shadow realm. In fact, most people would be blocked by their helping spirits from doing it because it's, it's dangerous. You can hurt yourself again. But what we have been given is protection in the journey, a way to enter that journey space so that you can safely journey into your own shadow realm. Again, do not try this at home, but this process is authentic but unique to the practices that I've been given. And in particular, it's given to me by a helping spirit for whom the shadow world is her realm and that she knows how to work within it. And so it makes what is often um, a frightening and kind of unsafe process very safe because you're with someone who is a helping spirit who is in their element in your shadow realm. Then the next thing we do is we get a map of your crazy logic. And the important thing about the map is it doesn't make any sense. And that's the first step for you in working effectively in the shadow is you have to accept that it's not going to make any sense. And your head is not going to be satisfied. Your head is never going to be able to work things into a logic that makes your mind happy. And that's part of why we're using a whole array of shamanic skills and tools to do this work, is to allow the head to ride along to kind of make nice pictures for us, but otherwise to let the body and the heart and the energy and the spirit do the work because they follow the crazy logic more easily than the head. The head just panics and freaks out. Okay, so step three is with this trust in spirit that we have cultivated because we did the prerequisite the year before, we enter into our own shadow realm and ask for a particular aspect of your shadow self. And the first time through this workshop, the, the shadow selves you need to ask for are directed by spirit so that you don't go asking for something that you can't handle. Now, many of my students take this workshop over and over again because there's lots in the shadow closet and there are other energies to go get. And that's fine after someone's done the workshop the first time and completed the entire process of transforming the energies. Then people can come and do the workshop and go after any energies they want in the shadow realm. But at that point, they know what to expect or they have a sense of the kind of thing to expect would probably be more accurate to say. So step three was to trust spirit and enter the shadow realm and ask for a particular aspect of your shadow self. Then the next thing is typical in all journeys, but it's critically important in this work. You take what you get, you stop arguing, don't be a chicken, and stop trying to figure it out. You, you forge a new relationship with that aspect of yourself, with your shadow self, and return with it into the light. So you come out of the journey, bring it out of the shadow realm, and bring it back into the light. And offer then to all the helping spirits, and there are many who helped you in that journey, however that crazy logic played out, you offer gratitude to all of them. So the gratitude for the assistance you have received is critically important. So step six then is to embody the energy you've just drawn out of the shadow realm in a power object. And in our work, we make masks out of these energies. And this is critically important because the truth of the matter is Energy that's just come out of the shadow realm is still an enemy. And most of us will not truly fully embody it. And so 
one of the biggest problems with other processes with shadow work is they may draw that energy out of the shadow realm, but their body rejects it as well. And so now this energy has nowhere to live. And so the value of the power object then is it gives that energy a place to live that keeps it out of the closet, it's right in that mask, right there that you can put in your home and see it, but it also doesn't force you to carry an energy that you haven't resolved yourself with yet. So in other words, it gives you a way to keep the energy in the light, in the conscious realm, and, and yet follow the crazy logic that still is required to transform this energy from enemy to ally. And any process that requires or asks or suggests that you take an energy directly out of the shadow realm and then just integrate it and live it is, doesn't understand the shadow energies correctly. And it, it is not going to be essentially ineffective. So step seven is to dance this energy. So since we've made masks, we're able then to dance this energy to explore the true nature of it, once again, to get the head out of the way and to begin to move that energy in the body so that we can experience it in its enemy form. How does it function in our life as an enemy? How does it derail us and create problems? And then by being willing to give our body over to this energy. Remember, this energy hasn't had a body for years. So finally it's out, it's in the light, it gets the body, it gets to dance around, and it gets to show you who it is through the movement. And believe me, these are not pretty dances. These are twisted, angry energies that need to be given breath, life, and light. But they work themselves out because they don't want to be enemies either. It is not their nature. It is their nature to ally with you. And the movement gives you the opportunity to feel them, to experience them, to love them potentially, and to allow the beginning of that transformation from enemy to ally. And, and frankly, some people at this stage find that other work that they have done to transform this um, shadow energy that other work that they have done actually allows them to transform these energies from enemy to ally quite quickly in the dance. Um, because everything that you've done ultimately then can come to bear in your process because you're now working with this energy effectively with the power object and the dancing and not trying to uh, force it into logic, but respecting the crazy logic that needs to unfold, you're able then to draw in all the process you've ever done around this work and have it fit in. But the important thing is most of the work people have done is through psychological logic. And this work doesn't fit logic. We need to allow all that work to find its place in the puzzle through the crazy logic. And so we use art and creativity, movement, to allow the puzzle to come together in its own way. And then finally, the, the completion of that process is using the shamanic skills gained in the first year, the ironclad prerequisite, to continue to work with the mask, use shamanic skills and working with your helping spirits to continue to ask this energy precisely precisely 
what does it need to continue transforming from enemy to ally? And in this week-long workshop, most of these enemies at least trust you by the end of the workshop. And so you do begin to get a sense of what the true ally might be and are at least working together to transform this energy. And what is really important to understand is this is an aspect of shamanism that is rarely explored, which is learning the power of transformation through love and not death. We all talk about how something needs to die so something else can be born, and that's true. We work with that in the first year. But in this second year, working with the shadow, what we're looking at is transformation through love. And the crazy logic of loving this enemy until it is transformed through the power of your love and care into the true ally it was meant to be. So thank you for listening here today, and I hope you'll join me for the conclusion of Effective Shadow Work and the Divine. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we're talking about Effective Shadow Work. And um, just as we came into the break, I was talking about this notion of a process of transformation through love and not death. Not that transformation through death isn't critically important. It is, and that's part of year one in the training. But in year two, we look at this other critical transformation, which is the transformation through love, the transformation from enemy to ally. And this, in our work, is warrior work. This is the work of the spiritual warrior. And you need to remember, when you think of shadow work, everything in the shadow began life with you, poised and ready to share in living your soul's purpose. Everything in the shadow right now, in its true nature, is an ally. And it's functioning right now in your life as an enemy. Everything in the shadow closet functions as an enemy. It can't, they don't just sit in the closet and, and, and read the National Enquirer. Right, Everything in that closet wants out. Everything in that closet belongs out. Everything is trying to get out. And in that way, it sabotages what you think you're supposed to be doing. In other words, the more powerful the true ally, the more powerful the enemy. So another way to think about that is the more effective your shadow has been in disrupting and sabotaging your life, the more you have to gain from entering the shadow realm effectively and truly transforming your shadow energies back into the allies they were always meant to be. So now, yes, I do do long-distance work. I'm happy to work with people at a distance. And I will now answer the questions of the emails that will now fill, fill, fill my inbox. Why can't I do this work with you one-on-one? -on -one? Why do I have to take a workshop? Because what I'm sharing with you today is the most effective and efficient way to work with the shadow. And that is to work in public. Remember, everything got into the shadow because it was judged harshly. You were taught to be ashamed of it and to hide it. That's why it went into the shadow. There must be a public. So bringing your shadow energies into the light and exposing them is critically important. Exposing them where they can be loved and appreciated and valued by others is golden. It is magic. 
and worth 10,000 one-on-one sessions with me to do this shadow work, to expose these parts we draw out of the shadow realm in the masks and in the dance, in our public, quote-unquote, the public of the workshop, is medicine you cannot create in one-on-one work with a practitioner because a huge aspect of how these parts get in the shadow in the first place is because they're publicly humiliated. The public matters. It's important to expose them again and have them acknowledged and recognized. So the masks allow us to have a relationship with the energy we brought out of the shadow that is in public, is in the light. We don't go in and out of the shadow closet. We draw the energy out and keep it out here in the mask until we are ready to fully live that energy without hesitation, without apology, as the true ally that it is. And that is a transformational process that does not happen instantaneously. So dance comes in then, and that is the way we can keep dancing that energy and keep checking to see the degree to which we are ready, not only to acknowledge that true ally, but to live it. And when we finally dance this energy and find that there's, we don't have to give any energy back to the mask to hold it, that we can hold it all in our body without hesitation, without fear, without apologizing to anybody, then it's time to release the mask. And every single one of these masks, when the transformational process is done and the ally has been acknowledged, every single one of these masks will be transformed and released back into the elements. So what shamanism offers us is a renewed relationship with the divine because shamanism in particular connects us with our divine self because everything is part of oneness. Everything is connected. Everything is made of the same thing in shamanism, right? So everything in the shadow is part of the oneness. Everything in the shadow is an aspect of the divine. And so shamanism sets us up already ready to be able to embrace the shadow as a gift. So when you organize the development of your psyche around separateness from God, as happened for most Americans at least, most Westerners, a lot of the self is going to end up in the shadow closet. Because that separateness from God, that idea of sinfulness and fundamental evil, these things send a lot of our wonderfulness, a lot of our humanity, a lot of that which makes life passionate and beautiful and creative goes into the shadow. And energy stuck in the shadow creates mental unwellness. And if that energy is left in the shadow, unaddressed, then that mental unwellness leads to mental illness. However, when you organize the development of your psyche around oneness, when you, in other words, approach your life from a shamanic perspective and organize the development of your psyche around oneness, then it's hard to argue successfully for the badness of an aspect of yourself. It's hard to convince yourself anything needs to go into the shadow because, after all, you are one. All parts of yourself are one, and you are part of the oneness. So I believe this is why my helping spirits gave me this process to guide others through, taking me through it and then guiding others through it, is that you have nothing to lose other than your hiding place where you've hidden all these great aspects of yourself and everything to gain 
by engaging in truly effective shadow work. The shadow is an archetype, and we will always have a shadow closet. However, that closet could be empty. In fact, we could even remove that door so that parts of ourselves that go there in the inevitable challenges of life could use it as a respite, a way station to regroup and then return to us with a renewed sense of true self and purpose. One of the things that Jung said that I, I love is that the best political, social, and spiritual work we can do is to withdraw the projection of our shadows onto others. And so the best political, social, and spiritual work that I believe you can do is to get yourself into some truly effective and efficient shadow work. Draw yourself out of the shadow and allow you and your allies to move towards living your soul's true purpose. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this week. Next week, our show is about becoming a person of power. Um, this is actually a class series I'm teaching right now in Portland, but we're going to talk about the different aspects of what it takes to become a person of power, of power of the heart um, in your life. And I also want to make an announcement that in three weeks, Why Shamanism Now will be moving to a new time and place. The show will air on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So it's a new day and a new time on a new network, co-creator network. Um, of course, the shows will continue to be available um, in the iTunes library if you just download them and listen to them. Um, but if you would like a reminder of this change and a link to the new live show, then just send me an email at christina at lastmasscenter.org. We'd be happy to put you on the list that is just for the radio show. Um, if you want to be on the list that is for Last Mass Center and all of our activities and books and classes and things like that, then let us know that, and we'll put you on the big list. Um, but if you just want the radio show, that is fine, too. So I'd like to thank the helping spirits that have been with us here today, the ancestors, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart uni that unites us all. Um, please feel free to subscribe for our weekly email reminders about the show. Remember, all the shows are available at the iTunes store. Um, for more information about classes and healings, you can check the website, lastmasscenter.org. And also, feel free to become a fan on our Facebook page and to share the show with others. Thank you all for joining me today, and um, I encourage you all to join us for the most fun shadow work out there. 